You're listening to the greatest multifamily investment advice show. My name is Adam Ross, and now I'm talking everything multifamily for an in-depth conversation, and I will be diving deep into raising capital, deals, and underwriting process. Welcome back to the greatest multifamily advice show. Today we have an Agustin Pintos, real estate investor with more than 10 years as a, in real estate investment from Ohio. Help me to welcome our guest today. How are you? How are you, Agustin? Good, good, good. How you doing, man? Thanks so much for being with us today and I appreciate your time with a lot of deals, a lot of uh, preparation for your podcast. Really appreciate your time today. And before we jump into the actual podcast, I would like to ask you about what was the motivation for you to jump into the commercial real estate? Oh, wow. So for me, it was a major, a major change career-wise. Ultimately, I'm an entrepreneur my entire life, and I wanted to do something different after getting uh, fired from my last corporate job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been, I was one of these kids that no matter what I want to do, I want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I went down the route of computers and built a great career in it. But the problem is, is that when you're working in corporate, it's, you don't really control your destiny. You know, to some degree, your destiny is still di- dictated by someone else. And I'm not saying corporate's bad for everybody. It just wasn't right for me. So the, this very last time when uh, when I actually uh, ended up leaving corporate, mm-hmm. I, I I really considered what was going on in my life. And I already had a bunch of single families. And no matter what happens, well, no matter what turbulence I had in my life up until that point, my at the time, my single families were still making income no matter what was happening. So I'm like, you know, if I did this, this real estate thing, but I go way bigger and expand it, I know that no matter what, I could I can continue growing and building build some generational wealth. You know that's ultimately what it was. Um, I should have realized it sooner. I mean, here I learned the the hard way. I had to you know no books. I didn't read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I wish I can say I did. I did not. I just kind of because uh, I was stuck in, in in corporate mode. Right. Yeah. I was in the matrix, so to speak. Um, but once I got unplugged, the matrix rejected me. I was able to learn it on my own. That's exactly what I did. So now we have 1,600 units of multifamily. We're doing developments. Uh, for instance, this one I'm in right now is the Rockefeller building. John D. Rockefeller used to own this building. We're converting it to multifamily. It's going to be 436 units right here in this location, just this one. We have other other developments that we're doing around town. And we're also doing that lease. So this, you know, this real big push to get away from to get away from corporate and do something on my own has just been, uh, it's not, not every day is sunshine, rainbows and lollipops, but you know what? I'd rather take it any day of the week over working one day in corporate. <laughs> I, agree, <laughs> I, just, I, I agree on this. You did a lot of jumps, to be honest, like from small multifamily to regular commercial multifamily was class C and B and then development. What was now is the actual upside for you to work on development, especially on on Ohio? Sure. So one of the things you have to keep an eye out for in the real estate business, I learned early on, is that like any like any market, there it ebbs and flows and it moves, and you really have to keep track of what's going on in the market. Mm. When I came to Cleveland, I saw. Well, at first, I, I analyzed the various markets. And I saw that Cleveland had an opportunity. It was still behind the times. It still hadn't fully recovered from the 2008 crash. And I don't, keep in mind, I only came here five years ago, right? Yeah. So 2015, 2016, 
and or 2017, something like that. Um, it it still hadn't recovered. Where where meanwhile, Texas, Florida, the Carolinas are all like they're, they're all st- started to to really expand. Not not even close to what it is today. But I saw the opportunity. So we made the move here and started looking at the assets, started looking at the rents, started looking at to see where they were going. And we saw there's a lot of value here. So we started buying and buying in a big way. So we started, that's how we started our business is primarily in multifamily. And then the thing is, though, is that after you reach a certain cost per door and you look at various financing options and you're realizing that you'll, you can only get into the C-class asset with bridge financing and rate caps, very expensive money, all this other stuff, you realize that, you know, um, if that's the trend, maybe you ought to reconsider what you're doing. Again, that's just what I do. You know, there really has to ha- be a lot of meat on the bone to do a, to, to, to do a, a deal depending on the market and the cost per door and, and, and where the rents are at and where they're going to go. But we saw development though. There was still a need for housing. There still mm-hmm. is even to this very day yeah. uh, nationally, yeah. uh, but more so in Cleveland because nothing was happening in this market yeah. as far as new, new inventory. Yeah. It's all, all this new inventory that we currently have. I'm telling you about right now, like either we're building it now uh, or other guys have built it fairly recently. So we're fulfilling a need is what it is, right? So we're building to the we're building to the market need is what we're doing. And really it's what it is. I mean, you keep an eye out for the opportunities and you just build for it, right? Uh, same thing's happening in Texas, same thing's happening in Florida. Uh, certainly the costs for materials and labor are greater over there than they are here. Uh, but here there's a lot of other uh, a lot of pluses, like I mentioned before in the green room, we have opportunity zone, you have a, a tax abatement. Yeah, depending on where it is, uh, but most of Cleveland is opportunity zone, and most of Cleveland is a is tax abated. So it's it's a perfect opportunity to be very very competitive, still get great returns, if as good if not better than some of the southern states. So it's it makes it makes total sense to do that deal, right? If it was more expensive to do those types of deals here, we wouldn't bother. Right. I um, think, that, as you mentioned, as here is uh, the south and north is always now is the trend is that there's a net migration to the south and the physical occupancy. How you see the market in Ohio, especially in Cleveland, from this perspective? Because I see that there's a lot of potentials on on uh, on Ohio, especially because of the taxes. But how you see the actual net immigra- migration impacting your projects? No, that's a good question. What we do specifically is we're building assets very close to where the jobs and the money are, Hmm. okay? So when I mentioned Rockefeller here, Sherwin-Williams is building their world headquarters two walls over from where I'm sitting. Hmm. There's this this office, there's my my office, across the street, Sherwin-Williams is going to build their world headquarters, another high-rise, 6,000 jobs right across the street. Hmm. I'm not worried about this asset. Uh, we're building other assets. We have about um, fi- almost $50 million of development taking place right across the street from um, Cleveland Clinic. Hmm. Cleveland Clinic is bringing 20,000 jobs over the next 10 years. I'm not worried about those deals either, right? Uh, we're building some, We're building another asset right in, in Tremont. Tremont is, is, um, is a little more east, uh, but still Cleveland, hmm. right over here. 
and uh, that market is is very is very strong too. Uh, it's on a resurgence. It's on um, th there's there's plenty of jobs nearby. There's a Nestle factory right literally like walking distance. Uh, so it, 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 what we're building is very strategic. We're doing very good, strong deals and strong mm -hmm. markets. We're, so we're not building in tertiary markets. We're doing more urban infill than anything else uh, for here because it makes sense to do that here, right? Um, there and like I said, there has to be some sort of advantage of some kind. Uh, we're doing, we're actually doing one more deal in a place called Rocky River. Rocky River, very upscale type of area, higher rents. There's no housing available there. Perfect for a in one of these office renovation to multifamily. It's perfect for that, right? Uh, but yeah, those are the types of deals that we're doing. So we're not doing uh, like building 300 units in a tertiary market. Not doing that. There's no upside to doing that. There's no tax advantage. There's no. There's nobody there. It's hard. It's hard to prove that model. Very hard to prove that model works, right? Where if we're building stuff in in urban um, urban infill type of scenarios, there's all kinds of other comps nearby. We, there's demand here. We can easily demonstrate it. Everybody can get very comfortable. The investors get comfortable. The lenders get comfortable. We get comfortable. It makes total sense to do that. I think when you what what you mentioned is is really interesting because you're jumping also to a new cooperation with uh, the construction and partnering with construction team. So what was uh, your experience with this jump, especially you've been experienced on on class B and C and A on buy and hold and adding value. What was the transition for you uh, from? Use only operator to being with a partnership with a uh, or an actual contractor to build a new development project. Sure, sure. So, if anybody's done, if anybody listening has done any type of multifamily, I know you have. One of the key aspects of doing multifamily is when you're starting out, anyway, to leverage the experience mm -hmm. of other folks yeah. to help you get into your first deal. Right. That's that is a great way to really kick things off. It instills confidence in your investors, instills confidence in um, in yourself too. That you're partnered up with someone who can get the job done, and that's what we did. You know, we partnered up with with Guys Construction on just about actually on all of our deals right now. Currently, uh, all of our deals are with Guys. So, Guys is a national builder. They're very good at what they do. They are not the cheapest, but they are the best, and they deliver on time. I want products delivered on time because I tell like, when I tell the investors we're gonna we're gonna this is what's gonna cost it's gonna be delivered on this time frame. Then I, I you know their expectation is that it gets delivered. I expect to get delivered, and they always deliver. So everybody's on the same footing, and then we also know where rents are gonna fall, and and all the expectations are met. You know, part of it is meeting expectation. That's a big big part of it. But anyway, the Geis is a national builder, very strong at what they do. And this is where you get to lean on someone else's experience. So again, you go back to the bank. The bank's going to say, how many developments have you done? They say, oh, we've done about five. Okay, who's your partner? Guys. Oh, okay, we know those guys. Those guys are really, really good. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Approved. You know, it's 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 like that. You know, so I would never have gone with some 
um, some lower one, you know, a lower tier uh, um, construction Good company. Point. Yeah, yeah you just, I mean, nothing wrong with those guys. I'm not throwing stones. You know, I'm just saying that uh, we don't, we just don't have any relationships there. I'd rather, I'd rather go with, with a known entity that's, that has a great reputation in that market to perform. That to me is, is extremely important to building credibility f- with those around you that you're going to have to, you're going to need for the capital stack to eventually put the deal together. You have to have credible folks on the team. I think also what you did is you build also a bridges and credibility with your own passive investor to jump to a new space, which is, is different return on investment, I, I, I think. Uh, different structure so one of the steps i think you you made and it was really beneficial for you was actually working on the regular buy and hold to build this trust that's right that that's that's exactly right because the investor pool are accustomed to buying a certain asset multifamily yeah you're introducing a different type of asset they're like oh wait what's this it's a little different there's more juice there's more juice. We have to wait a little longer for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that, so what goes through someone's mind? Oh, the risk. How much risk is there? Oh my God, the risk, the risk. Oh, I'm going to lose all my money. Well, no, look at where, where's it located? Who's building it? Who's the team that's managing it? All these different things still come into play. And what you, when we put our deals together, it's on us to de-risk it as much as possible, right? To give people confidence that they're, they're the ones that are investing in the deal with their own money. It, they feel good about it. You know, that's a big that's a big deal, right? So uh, same thing happened with our net lease fund. So we have a fund that we go and buy Dollar General, Dollar Tree, Walgreens, stuff like that. And the investors at first they were like they're they're familiar with it, but they never heard of it. They don't really understand it, you know. So once now that they understand it and they're getting paid every month, they're getting a check. <laughs> they're all excited. So because now they're getting that check that comes in every month, they, they, they're throwing more money at it because now they see it. They see here's a real check and it shows up every single month on time. Hard to beat that, you know, very hard to beat that, you know. So, yeah, it's um, once once the investors get comfortable and they see how how it runs. Yeah, they they throw down all the time. Now they do. Now they I see. I think, as you mentioned here, is uh, the new model is really important and, and the trust and the credibility with your investor, which is bringing us to the point of fund or regular syndication with where it's regular GPLP part. So where you are now on your uh, journey is more like a fund on a different project or more like a regular syndication? Well, technically, they're both syndications. Yes, correct. The, 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 you know, whether we're doing a multifamily or a development, those are still handled the same way in terms of syndication. The split's yeah. a little different. Um, the, the 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 return when when they see the ret- when the investors see the returns are different. You know, obviously in a, in a development, there's there's no return. All we're doing is like buying the land and we start building. You know, the return doesn't start until it's occupied and it's cash flowing. That's yeah. when the return starts, right? So so certainly there's there's a gap there of time, but the returns are are stronger on a development down the road. Uh, plus we, we often pay a, um, a preferred, uh, preferred rate of return, but we catch them all up at the, when we start, when we start cash flowing you know, later down the road. Yeah. So that's, that's generally how we structure it with a, a fund, a blind pool is essentially what we're doing. We're doing a blind pool because what we're doing is we have one fund to buy five, six, seven, 10, 15 stores in one pool. 
the blind pool means, okay, we're going to buy dollar generals, dollar trees, these types of assets mm. in this fund, this type of return, these types of locations, and you should be getting paid X, you know, that's generally how it is. So um, it's sometimes a little more abstract mm. because like they, they don't see the store right? As opposed to a project when we're raising money for one of our deals, I can show you pictures. I can show what the interior is going to look like. I can even show you what kind of carpet's going to be used. I can bring my little, my little uh, template and show, oh yeah, look at, look, here's the color carpet. Here's what we're going to put the paint on. It's, it's very more, it's much more abstract with, with, with that lease, not so much, you know? So, so they basically inf invest in you on the fund model, which is, I think is less appealing was, was, uh, most of the passive investor when you're there working on the passive side or the private REIT part, which is a fund model is representing the more the private REIT. I think it's more appealing to most of the operators now. It's better for us to have a fund, but it's not appealing for most of the investors. Well, what's what's happening though is, is that when we buy a Dollar General or a Dollar Tree or whatever, do you really need to go see that Dollar Tree? I don't know, man. I, if you've been to a Dollar Tree <laughs> once, you've probably seen them all. I mean, they're all generally the same thing, you know. Um, but, but we're buying brands that are very large brands or they're publicly traded or they are backed by a very large franchisee, but it's going to be definitely a big brand. Like we're not buying some some small independent hair salon on, on you know, in, in, in the ghetto or something. We're not doing that. We're buying strong assets that perform by with comp by uh, backed by companies that everybody knows and loves and trusts that's what we're doing so it's a little different um so it's not it's not so much that uh they're they're betting on us which is which is obviously a big deal but it's also like the types of properties that we are buying are good strong properties as well right so if you know what a dollar tree is and you know there's a, there's a corporate guarantee on on the deal you know you're going to get paid right that's you know it's it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry you know so um, that that's that's the thing we're not buying like independent stores in the middle of nowhere we're not doing that I agree I agree uh, my final question will be how the people can follow your success especially with the new projects and new development uh, projects how the people can reach you sure bulletproofcashflow.com we're everywhere we're on Instagram we're on Facebook we're we're even on TikTok we're everywhere I don't do any dancing though. So I have to, I hope I don't disappoint anybody out there. YouTube, uh, but yeah, YouTube as well. Yeah, we we have a big big um, big presence on YouTube. We have a, well over four hundred videos on YouTube. So, um, but we talk about everything real estate. So yeah, definitely check it out there. But uh, we also on Facebook we have our Cashflow Dealmaker Club as well. So for people that are trying to get into the real estate game and trying to trying to build some understanding as to how it works, that's definitely a great way for for people to figure that out too. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. Great, great story. Thank you a lot for your time today, and I appreciate your time. And we're really happy to bring you again to the show. You bet, you bet. Thank you so much. Thank you.